Okay, doke, welcome back. We are on episode, I want to say three, three, it's three. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah, uh, it's uh, John again, um, Barney with Dogs. I'm back with Mike P and Chris Nemamaya Dyer. Say hello, everyone. Hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> That's a better joke. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're back. Um, no massive, huge two-hour card reviews for you today. Um, we're going to be reviewing the two stall champs we had right at the start of Gateway. So we had uh, Chatteris, and then a week later we had uh, Stevenage. And then we've got some discussion to talk about, because conveniently enough, Nisei announced a ban, a new ban. VLC is is the way of the dodo for us for the moment. So we talk again. about that, and then we've got, a f- yes, again, with the <laughs> yo-yo card, right? And then we've got a few decks to talk about. So um, let's jump into to the quick sort of the SC review as a whole. We won't do them independently, I don't think. But um, I think everyone knows that we took because we discussed it um, for the first one uh, at, at Chatteris. We went with, with Reg Crim because we were boring and we didn't know uh, what else to take on the runner side and, and Void Skunk Asa. Um, it was, we did okay, right? I think Chris made top eight. Um, Mike, you were just outside the cut, and then me and Chris Ferg ended up about like middle table-ish. It wasn't too bad. There were no huge surprises at that one, I don't think. If I'm look at the runner, any? Um, no. Um, the surprise for me was that Crim felt really bad. Um, it was a pile of good cards that somehow added up to a slightly unpleasant experience to play. Um, yeah, I think- that seemed to be the consensus from a lot of people after I wrote Pat or Rose Alliance one with. Recrim. Well, he didn't win, sorry, Dave Sale won, but Rosen yeah. came second with Recrim and then in conversation afterwards said, yeah, I won a bunch of games and it didn't feel that good. Yeah. It felt like, I, th- I think this is a fairly common consensus with Runner. I think by now it's, it's fairly clear that most people feel that Corp is quite a long way up, but it felt like every Runner game you either had a slog where you really, really had to work to win or you got blown out. Yeah. Yeah, which is, is quite interesting given that when we looked at this just purely on paper at the start, as the new cards came in, we were pretty convinced that Krim had had no drop in power level and had just had a couple of nice little boosts on top. And when we looked at Anarch and Shaper, it felt like it wasn't very clear where they were going to sit and, and how good they were. But um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that's I think to an extent that is still true. Like, I don't think it was wrong to say the criminal... In, in a vacuum, the criminal deck hadn't got worse. It's still just the same good deck you played at Worlds with a different ID and maybe like a couple of upgrades. But the court meta, the bits of the court meta that got faster turn out to be the bits that just like a grindy criminal deck with a whole ton of econ cards isn't very good against. Whereas it turns out that we were maybe slightly wrong about some of the Anarch things, some of the new Anarch tools to let them deal with those tools, those problems. <laughs> I think it's just hard to get enough quality accesses as criminal. Either you're playing against a really fast deck where you have to take enough single accesses and hope because you haven't got any quick multi-access, or you're playing against a Planar deck which has a huge amount of money and you can't you can't afford accesses later in the, in the game either. So you really have to hit those quite limited accesses that you do get to win a game. Yeah, and the 419 Polana's denial plan is just getting worse and worse and worse as they play yeah. more and more temporary positive agendas and more and more econ cards. You don't achieve anything anymore by denying them 15 credits. They still raise all their ice and you can't get in. Yeah, I mean, Polana was all over the place in Chatteris, um, disappeared entirely for Stevenage, but those games at Chatteris, those decks are playing 
sandboxes, some of them are playing off-world office. Um, they're playing government subsidy. In addition to their already core income package, they have so much money that you can't really slow them down at all with uh, a denial plan. They're, they can comfortably afford one credit to, per turn tax. Yeah. I, it's, I was quite impressed at one point with, I think Paulie was on Steve with Tapworm, and I could see it being if it wasn't for yeah. Cyberdex being actually pretty good because of the huge amount of money that some of these corks are rolling in. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it seems very hard to, to play the econ denial game at the moment yeah. against these, these corks. Steve felt a bit more impactful um, in the games I played just because playing Doof as many times as possible is at least a plan against decks like Acer. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a very good plan because they can kind of weather that money, that, money denial plan for a bit and then play fully operational and be back in the game straight away. Um, and you don't really get any accesses while you're doing that, which is really what you need to do. But I could buy that Steve might be better than Ace, might be better than 4-9 just because you've got a slightly more aggressive game plan. But I don't think any of us came out of that tournament thinking, let's play criminal again. No. no. Not until the court meta changes or someone yeah. builds something very fundamentally different. Yeah. Yeah. Acer was good though. That's more positive. It was. Yeah, I think for um, for all of us, right? It was. It was. Yeah, solid. and sort of as we're saying, we're talking about both events at the same time. But going into the Steven Digital Jump, we then well, John, you played the same Acer, the Skunkboy Acer, and me mm -hmm. and Chris Ferg both played Simon Moon's more asset based Acer, and both both times, I think both decks felt good for all of us. Yeah. The win rate was maybe a bit shaky because sometimes stuff happens, but the deck still felt strong. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah think... spin, spin Doctor, it turns out, looks like an incredible card and then is an incredible card. Um, like The speed boost and the, rec the recursion is so, so valuable. Yeah, the recursion is amazing. Um, yes, putting back in for the operation was just... <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't, can't underestimate that. Um, I think it's worth touching on the fact that the the significant shift or relatively significant shift to apoc between the first and the second one um yeah so yeah so we switched to apoc right i mean chris yes. you didn't play at steven inch but me john and chris ferg all did and we switched from 419 to apoc partly because we just didn't want to play 419 and we weren't sure what else to do partly because it seemed like sort of a reasonable thing to look at to beat PD because they don't really defend centrals while they're trying to put stuff in a remote and they don't really play any faster bots of tricks and to have a game against Acer um, and just hope you don't play against like a bunch of Piranha. But a lot of other people did the same thing. There's just yeah. a lot more APOC by Stevenage. I guess the question, uh, yeah. the big change between Chaffris and Stevenage was the publication of the Hivemind Max deck. I guess it's worth touching on why you both didn't decide to play that and decided to play APOC instead didn't have time to feel comfortable playing it it's yeah a, it's a complicated deck i think it's like right now if there was a store jump and we're on sure we'll talk about this at the end but like i would consider it much more highly than yeah. i was at that point whereas by that point i'd only played about two games with it i was just looking at it going like this makes no sense like <laughs> this is this is too complicated i've lost games to it and i still don't really understand how yeah it's, um, a, it's a very <laughs> unconventional deck it doesn't have a, a a nice clean play pattern that you know and have played a hundred times before like epoch undoubtedly does yeah it's a fierce learning curve on that one um you're you're taxed on econ a lot very early and then you're taxed on pieces again yes. later on you need to know exactly what you're occurring and and where um and it also when 
has a game plan that reacts quite a lot to the corpse game plan. Like it sort of feels like it demands that you know what all the corpse you're playing against are doing and how you should be playing. Like, should you be trying to imp everything? Should you be trying to steal things? Should you be trying to contest remotes? Whereas with APOC, if you're like, if you're still not very confident on what the court meta is until it's on BCL against you, and you go, <laughs> I don't know what's happening, it's very easy to just go, well, I'm going to blow it up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're. Your plan A overrides what the corps do, which is why you take it, right? Because you're just saying, I don't want to engage with your court meta because I don't understand your court meta at the moment. So, yeah, I'm going to try and blow it up from a distance and, and hope I win that way. Um, yeah, yeah. Matt definitely rewards uh, uh, an encyclopedic knowledge of, of the court meta, definitely. Yeah, I, I think the conclusion you both had was that APOC was fine to good, but not great, right? Yeah, I think we tuned it as much as we we could in the week that we had. Um, but yeah, I don't think it was winning any awards for like it was going to crush everything. Um, I didn't have a great day to be honest. I I, I bounced out pretty early and dropped. Um, I don't know how my yeah. how you went. No, you I dropped. Know. I dropped the same round as you did. I wasn't massively feeling a second online store championship that quickly. Uh, and then <laughs> I had a couple of rounds and just decided not to play. Twelve yes. like yeah. Chris F did. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. These are theoretically the Chatteris and Stevenage store championships, but they are in reality your kitchen table store championship. Both of them. Yes. Yeah, yes. They are the wake up on a Saturday morning and play their honest store championships without moving. <laughs> yeah. And Chris F did do okay with APOC at Stevenage. He came fifth. But yeah, I think all of us eventually said like it's fine and good, but it still doesn't feel like a, the correct answer to the court meta because yeah, sometimes you apoc PD and then they just put another agenda behind two pieces of ice and it doesn't help. And, and it wasn't quite the um, like silver bullet that we had maybe hoped it would be. No, I did. I must get give it one thing. I think it, it opened my eyes a bit more to Mayfly. Um, I was quite impressed by that card as a whole. Um, yeah, I. I We'd give it that. I would, I would look at Mayfly a bit more in future, definitely. Yeah, some decks have come out that are very Mayfly heavy since. Um, I don't think they're necessarily particularly tuned or or necessarily have put up results, but a lot of published decks recently have and are trying to lean quite heavily on Mayfly. Um, so it is a card, I think, that if nothing else, you should kind of plan around, um, especially when people are trying to beat Rush decks. Right, yeah, there's that, that Woo deck floating around, right, that gives yep. you... About 15 runs in total. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very surgical. Um, I don't think there was any great standouts apart from Hive My Max, was there? Um, Rotage no, uh, We're going to talk about a couple of specific decks later. So BCL and Spombo both did okay at Stevenage, but I think we're going to give them their own segment because they're sort of interesting. Um, but they both emerged a bit. Yeah. I think um, there was there were no real must-play corp decks that came out. There's some corp decks that probably did a bit better than we would have expected, which Mike has just referenced. Um, but were it not for other changes, I don't think we would have shifted off Acer for the next several months. Um, no. And I think we would have maybe flailed the... around for a runner deck. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think maybe the biggest thing is like looking at these results and saying we came out shatter as saying we didn't feel amazing about four one nine, and we thought maybe the asset asset was better than the skunk void asset. And then you look at um, Stevenage and then Alvin won with four one nine and skunk void asset. Yeah, so I think really it shows sort of the meta is still quite open, it's still quite wide ranged, and maybe you'll sit down one day and you'll play against a run of decks that make you go like, 
actually, I wish I was for one night now. I keep running against, um, I don't know, the outfit and CTM, and I would just rather be a deck with a load of money um, than any of the fancy tricks. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Cool. Right. So I think unless anyone else has got anything more, we can probably segue quite nicely into into talking about more meta changes because Nisei have decided to to step in and um, remove VLC from from the meta for the time being. Um, it comes active May the 1st, I think. So it'll be there for the next sort of store champs that uh, I think we'll be looking at maybe playing in. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously we're hitting Asa, which we've been playing for the first two, um, and taking a sideswipe at PD and uh, Spombo. Well, not, not Spombo, right? Um, well, depending Spombo. on just, depending on your Spombo list, it doesn't that doesn't necessarily play VLC. Uh, the one that Havi played at Stevenage notably doesn't play VLC. A couple of other Spombo adjacent lists that are floating around don't play it. Yeah, I have played, I've tested some of this bombo and I haven't been playing VLC, partly because you just don't really need it. You get so much card draw off of um, just everything else your deck does, <laughs> and partly because like your R&D is so fragile because it's all agendas and game changes and very cheap trashable assets and stuff that sort of by the very end of the game, you often have like five cards left in the deck and you don't really want them to all be trashable or stealable. That's, that's not ideal. Yeah. But yeah, it's mainly... Asa and PD, right? But this is gunning for. I think it's it's Asa with a side swipe at PD. Um, I, th- I think it's fair to say that the main the main hit is to Asa. Uh, PD, I think you can kind of play around a bit more. Um, and card draw is very important, right? Card draw and economy are both really important facets of both those decks. But mm-hmm. PD can is still just a rush deck. Um, it's still just going to go as fast as possible. Uh, Asa really has this awkward economy gap where. The previous flow of the deck was that you played Rashidas and VLCs for your early card drawing economy, and then you played fully operational for your latter stages, your mid to late game. Uh, and now you've got this big gaping hole in the early game for Acer, which is for a tempo deck a really big issue because your your entire game plan is to draw enough cards and play enough things that the runner can't deal with it. And if you're missing one of those tools to do that, do that, that deck's taking a pretty serious hit. Yeah, I'm. I've not touched. I must say, I've not touched any. JNet really since um, since the announcement, so I've not even looked at, at what an Asilus would even behave like. I suppose Nico was mooted as potentially like really sort of even <laughs> vaguely feasible replacement, and that still seems like a mile away from from the power of VRC. Um, yeah, so I, I will look. You really need something that does a lot for you on turns two and three, and Nico. At its very, very best is doing something for you like turn three and four. Yeah, and you've still got investor defend defend Nico as well, right? It's, uh, yeah. Which uh, understandably you are you are single ice in a lot of remotes, but if you if you've not got that that econ boost at the start, you're going to struggle to. Yeah, uh, it's worth pointing out, I guess, that there was some discussion about the PD deck. Um, the original version obviously played Seamus launch and a bunch of kind of never advanced te- tech, so. Uh, you're relying on the runner guessing wrong. Um, a few people had said that the, the other way to play that deck is with Void, uh, and then you can just loop, if nothing else, you can just loop VLC to continually have a forehand and agendas in the remote. You can't play that version 
anymore, obviously. I think you're, the, the PD deck, while it still exists, I think is almost purely on a, a Rush Never Advanced plan now. I don't think you can really play it with the with the Void version. You, could, you probably can play a mid-range deck uh, with something like Tranquility Grid if you want to instead. That's quite interesting. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that version. I think if you're trying to set that kind of thing up as well, you're maybe looking back at just playing sports as well to get more incidental draw and slightly more money. And Because if, if you're doing PD, uh, you probably just want to go very, very, very fast. Yeah. So you're probably not so much into clicking to draw to fuel your void. Yeah. I mean, so what... I mean, the, big question, the big question with this ban is like, in a vacuum, do do we think it was correct, right? Do we think it was justified, regardless of whether the meta is going to be like great afterwards? Because there's going to be some other stuff that's immediately going to rush to the top. But like, did these decks need to take a huge hit? Probably, right? I think they did. I think uh, Corp is a long way on top, and I think Acer, in, and to a lesser extent, PD are obviously the best Corps to me. Um, this hits those two decks without necessarily just dead capping all Corps, which kind of is the approach that we've bemoaned in the past. Um, so before you start looking at other decks and what the result of the meta is, VLC was a sensible candidate for a ban in my mind. Yeah, I think so. For the same reason. I think it's also a big part of like why Acer was so far up on most runners. Because yeah. those those games where they'd go like Ice Remote, Ice HQ, VLC, turn to Rashida in the, or make another remote, Rashida yeah. in the remote, VLC, were never winning as the runner. You can yeah. never catch up. Exactly. So uh, this is the point. Rashida, you can, without going into this age old Netrun debate about which card to ban, Rashida, at least you can do something about. There's very little you can do to stop VLC going off. Um, you don't really have any control over it. Uh, and it accelerates you to, to, to a huge amount. And, and we didn't really discuss this last time, but Spin Doctor is such a big boost to VLC because now going up to six cards in hand and discarding something, which before was quite a big problem in Acer, doesn't really matter at all because you, you can always recur it quite easily anyway. Yeah, it's incredible the outlet that's given you with the loss of Cybernetics Court. I yeah, did fear the VLCs would be painful, but no, it yeah, the the difficulty is minimized greatly by the fact that you've got spin doctor available to you all of the time now. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah, I think we all agreed originally when the announcement came out that, that VLC was a sensible choice. I think I was just a bit surprised that there wasn't one other card or maybe a couple of other cards on there, but we can get to that. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we'll talk about the decks that it hits first. So we said a few times before that Ace is going to struggle with various changes, but this one feels pretty, pretty significant to me. Um, I don't really see how you can play Acer at the moment because I don't think there's a viable alternative to VLC, and I think it's a linchpin of the deck. Yeah, all the other things that we've previously bemoaned as killing Acer that turned out not to... Uh, <laughs> we were wrong every time, but the things that it was losing were always either ice or wind conditions, and it turned out that the econ package with VLC fully up in the ID was so powerful that it didn't matter. You just switched to another wind condition and it would just carry it, like keep on trucking, still be good, and eventually just place a couple of place here. Yeah. Um, but this is a hit to like that core econ package that has been in the deck since that since anyone first started playing it, so yeah, the other things also got replaced. So the wind condition got replaced with void. Um, yeah. Cybernetics got got replaced by Spin Doctor. This obviously doesn't have a replacement; it's just a ban. Um, it also, I, I can't see any replacement in the card pool that you can switch in for it. Um, there isn't really another. The, the, the only other draw and econ effect is predictive planogram, which is pretty much a blank card in Acer, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think if of of the two decks, if 
if you were left with, oh, I need to look at one that's going to survive the VRC ban, I would go and look at PD much more readily over over spending my time with, with Asta now. But yeah, we've yeah. read off Asta before. <laughs> Smart people reckon that PD gets like between half a turn to maybe one and a half turns slower with this ban, uh, which for a rush deck is a pretty big deal. Um, if you can get it towards that half a turn rather than over one turn, you're 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 probably still a viable deck. But I wouldn't feel particularly confident about it, ha- having taken a significant speed bump to a deck that is designed primarily and almost purely to go fast. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be super surprised if it ended up feeling worse than that a lot of the time as well. Because like you'd get a you playing against that deck, you get a lot of games where like when they win, even though they've gained a bunch of money off their agendas, they're still only scoring out, like, just, just, they res all of their ice and they can yeah. just score the agenda. Well, they'd have to, like, click for a credit before they can seamless get the agenda scored, and even if you get some other draw effect in there, like, yeah, you end up going slightly slower to draw of your cards, and you're slightly poorer. It's just, it's, everything gets a little bit worse, I wouldn't be super shocked if it turned out that was a breaking point where the deck just gets a lot worse. Yeah, um, and I guess the other thing that this band does, these are probably the two naturally fastest corps. Um, so that means that any deck that was struggling against a struggling to cover the fast corps, but is naturally stronger against the kind of slower or uh, more mid-range corps, gets a, a pretty sizable boost in playability. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of, of if there is anything. I suppose the Red Shishiko deck, potentially you could go back and look at that. Um which I think yeah. originally we ruled out as being too slow. Um, just trying to think if there's anything yeah. else that sort of fits that bill, but yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's... to an extent that fits max yep. and maybe some of the red crim. That means you can cut like, some of the more desperate tech, like the inside jobs and stuff out of your red crim deck to make it better against slower corpse. Yeah. Yeah, I think max feels like the natural. Like I, I think all of us said this, that when, when the list came out, I think your instinctive reaction is that that makes max a better deck than it was and it was already a pretty good deck um because your, your biggest vulnerability there was being rushed out by these really quick corps yeah yeah i definitely i learning curve aside on max that uh, yeah i think it definitely sits well for her um but yeah I, there's i think there's a couple of other corp decks we should discuss as well though yeah so the corp the corpse um, the two corps it didn't touch mm, yes uh do you want to go to btl first should we go and speak about that one if we must <laughs> yeah we're not great fans i don't think overall the consensus is that it's that i can't stop playing it <laughs> it's very compelling as or against it so, oh just as it it's, it's very it's very compelling to just play games on JNet, but i think that might be because it, it refuses to lose yeah this is the deck that came out of stevenage right this is the deck yeah. that um we hadn't seen and then um, Mendax and I can't remember who else. Two Algebraic. Like this. Uh, Algebraic. Came, yeah, it came, came out of the Bristol meta. Yeah, and it's just um, BCL advancing ice, uh, like very well, slowly, but not not as slowly as it used to be because of the benefit of the ID. Advancing up a bunch of very large, objectionable ice on all of their centrals and threatening to red blood couriers and government takeover yeah. with CBS for clot and threatening to punitive you if you. Dare to interact. Yeah. On the plus side, it does have a remote, but on the downside, it's only to put water all in. Yeah, it doesn't have to have a remote. It's an optional remote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then obviously, it plays mass commercialization for for 
a lot of late game econ. Stupid car. And then recurs. <laughs> yeah. Especially like mass comp now with spin doctor, like where, yeah. you, where you occasionally end up spin doctoring to put back one agenda that you're trying to get out of HQ. And you just have a slot left on your spin doctor, so you put back a, just a mascot, you put five or six mascots. It's pretty wild, like just putting back, oh, I'll put my, my 18 credit equal card into my deck and just see if I draw it again. It's truly, it's the true enabler of that deck, right? It's yeah, horrendous to deal with. It makes the crim plan of I'm going to deny you just basically moot because yeah. it, you can't deal with it. Even with, with Max at times, you'll go, okay, well, I'll, I'll turn off your 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 pharos whatever it is your seven cost barrier with with a trank and then they'll be down to three or four credits and then they'll they'll mass come up next turn back up to 14 16 credits and you're like wow i'm gonna run out of steam here eventually yeah that's pretty crazy the other thing about that deck is as is kind of a tradition at this point for 40 card decks it has a very objectionable agenda suite to try and steal from <laughs> yeah because yeah like a tradition that goes all the way back to like that sick deck in 2016 and through all the BLN lists and stuff. But this one, because it's on just hostiles, global foods, and government takeover, you pretty much have to steal the government takeover to yeah. win the game and expose yourself to a almost 100% lethal punitive, unless you're in a weird situation. Because otherwise, you're looking at stealing three GFIs in a hostile. Yeah, which is absurd. Like, there's so many, so many of their agendas relatively before they yeah. draw into their particularly as as they will almost certainly score the first hostile as soon as they draw it, um, which takes the yeah. other scoring pattern, which is three hostiles off the table entirely. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, the games I've won against this have been, oh, I've sold the government takeover relatively early and I'm just enough credits ahead that you can't punitive me now. Or yeah, I've... I just happen to have not drawn the punitive yet. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's worth I mean... pointing out that one of the things that isn't in this meta that has been in previous metas is fake points as runner. So... Uh, Stuff like notoriety, obviously, Mad Dash has been on the restricted list for a very long time. Um, but there's there's no way to artificially take you from six points to seven points, which makes this agenda suite quite a lot better. Liberated Chela, I believe, is still legal. So there's your tech card. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll look there for my next. Uh, yeah, um, still crushing. This deck this deck is good, right? We're pretty sure this deck has definitely good. a very strong win rate. Um, it's it's quite hard to beat. Uh, occasionally you'll steal a government takeover before they can punitive view and then you'll just win the game automatically but uh, otherwise you're going to be paying a sh shit ton of credits for accesses and those accesses are going to be very bad accesses um, it's quite a hard deck to tech against as well I think mm. yeah the only thing I can think of like the, the thing that jumps to mind and this is another part of the reason we were talking about Max is that the, the way you beat this deck is you play a deck like Max that doesn't need to spend money to break ice at least to a point you want to interact with their eyes with botulises and tranquilizers yeah. and chisels and then you play just imp and refuse to interact with anything that they have in hand just refuse to steal and so you imp everything out of the hand and eventually they'll either deck out or put 10 points in the bin yeah I, in so theory struggle to actually win in theory apoc is a strong line against it because if you keep blowing up their eyes you probably delay the count that they can run planet couriers for long enough that you'll get enough accesses the, the very natural yeah. counterplay is if they have two punitives they will just chuck a GFI into archives. If they've got one punitive, they can even chuck two yeah. GFIs into archives. And essentially now you cannot... Yeah, and we kept, seeing, we kept seeing exactly that at Stevenage, right? Like, people would play the APOC deck against their... Like, attempt to land on the APOC, or even successfully APOC them once, and it starts wise back up, and it starts with Monster Ice, and you go for the second APOC and dice punitive. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't 
as we said with the agenda suite, you can't on the way through the first APOC progress your way to like a comfortable three points and then maybe win the second time around because you you just die. Yeah. Yeah, which makes which makes what to do. I, I think this is a deck. This is definitely a deck that demands consider. Even if you are going to play it, it demands consideration because other people will play it, and you are going to have to be able to beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only runner deck that feels like it is anywhere close to possibly up against it is Max. I don't think any other deck is yes. in, anywhere against this deck. Um, Especially if you play Clot, yeah, like a Clot and Max, because otherwise you will just get fast, fast, and yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, the deck plays yeah. CVS I mean, anyway, but you, you can you can clot at least gives you a lot of um, a lot of time. Imp is a very natural mm-hmm. answer. Trank and Chisel are a natural answer as well. Uh, outside of that, what do you do? Do you play a no one home? Do you and no, no one home doesn't doesn't even help you, does it? No, and Sister yes. Sanctuary doesn't help that much nope. because I mean, they, yes, they have to be able to punitive you twice, but you throw away your entire hand to survive the first punitive. So yep. the second one is definitely lethal. Yeah. yeah. It's, um... It's a tough prospect. This caught me out. Actually, I I wasn't. I I knew it ran Cyberdex Forest Street, but I didn't realise it ran two. Yeah. I got caught out with a clock clock play the other day and got myself purged. <laughs> so yeah, this um, is it's a deck that's like kind of making me miss Leela quite badly in the criminal card pool. It feels like that would give you an amount of counterplay that none of the other criminals really have. Yeah, I don't really see how you can beat this as 419 very easily um they're going to res triple advance hortons and they're going to res pharos at strength 10 uh, and both of those you don't have an answer for mm-hmm. um is there anything in anarch uh outside of max maybe that's not been explored that might uh, anything that can generate imp count as right but I don't uh, know uh, yeah just just hashiko or loop with hippos and Imps, I think, is okay against this. Um, I don't see why you would play that over Max necessarily, but I think Anarch is the only faction that has kind of natural counterplay against this this deck. Yeah, uh, Chisel Charm. Is anything running Chisel Charm at the moment for Ice Destruction? Maybe some Hashiko decks, but nothing yeah. really soon. Fair. The problem is they don't necessarily have to res that much advanced ice. Um, you can keep no. you can keep most of your advanced ice unrest a lot of the time. Just res. You can keep an unadvanced ice unrest advanced ice on the outside. Use the tokens for mass comps and red planet couriers, and then you're immune to hippo. Um, you've probably got enough counters on the table to red planet couriers as soon as you need to. Mm. Um, like it is a combo deck. So if you kill the biotics, obviously if you put the government takeover draw archives, that's pretty powerful. But really, it, it's imp, imp is the only card that I think has any kind of natural strength that you already yeah. want to be playing against this deck and spin doctor is just another big buff to this type of plan as well right because now you have three spin doctors instead of one preemptive yeah. if they imp uh, labor and they imp the government takeover they can't steal because they'll die because they haven't trashed all your users yeah then you just put them back and they have to spend so long doing those things over and over again by which point they've had to make 10 runs on hq through a masmingo and a colossus and a pharos yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose that even makes the, considering even like a Stargate plan a pretty horrible s- attempt now. Like, yeah. it just costs so many credits. Um, the advantage of the a lot of the games I saw when they played against APOC, the credits were fairly neutral because you'd spend like seven credits raising this dumb big ice, and the runner would spend seven credits breaking it, but then they're only breaking it once because you only run against this deck yeah. of APOC when you're going to APOC. Um, that doesn't work if your plan is to run a server repeatedly. 
Yeah, that also falls over as soon as someone puts a quiz in, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's the other Which thing. This, they... this deck has text slots, right? It has space to tech for yeah. whatever it wants to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, theoretically, you could you could cut potentially one of the subjects virus weeks. You've got space in the NGO fronts as well, really. Yeah, you could maybe cut um, the walls because they yeah. just don't live. Yeah. Just give up and building a remote. Yeah, you can you can even, you can even put. But I, I think it's pretty trivial to build this deck so it never loses to Apoc. Yeah. Which is a scary prospect. Yeah, this this deck is not something I want to see particularly priced to the top, but it looks like it might do. Um, I think it's going to get there. It's definitely strong enough. I don't think it's going to necessarily see a ton of play because it's not that interesting to play as. Mm. Not that that's like a particularly determining factor, but like I don't think. It's the sort of thing that many people get excited about sitting down and advancing a bunch of ice over and over again. No, and that's worth noting as a consideration for the type, the part of the season we're in, right? If it installed champ season, you are a bit yep. more inclined to maybe, maybe dally out of dally outside of what you consider just straight up tier one goodness. Whereas if this was regionals or later in the season, then you'd see a lot more of this. Yeah, I think it is yeah, one so... of the candidates for the best deck. I think it's either that or the other deck we we're about to talk about, which is Spombo. Um, which I guess is the downside of this VLC ban that these are the two decks that you, you naturally pushed into consideration. Yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be picketing Nisei offices to ban Mascom <laughs> in the next week. Mascom and Game Changer. Oh, Mascom and Game Changer. Yeah, yeah. you need room game. on your placard for both. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, yeah, we might as well move on to Spombo then. I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You so played a bunch of this as well, right? Like, yeah, I keep I keep playing with these horrible corps. I I don't have that much Jaina time at the moment. It's it's, it's fun to win. <laughs> it's fun to win quick games. Um, I'm just going to call it uh, market research. It's, it's important to know how these decks work for the podcast. Um, yeah, Spombo is another deck, kind of like BTL, where it's sort of fast and annoying, and also just difficult to work out how you beat it. Right? Like again, if you ignore imp and look at like how does a red crim deck beat Spombo? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. It's, it's too difficult. It your card pool doesn't interact with it at all. Yeah, so it's worth pointing out these aren't, these aren't your mother's bombos. They are playing ice. No. Um, they're not quite as explosively fast, I would say, um, but they're still plenty fast. Um, and their gear yeah, check It's not really the well. sort of the ombo part of the deck has disappeared, whereas before you'd have like you build up and build up and build up, and then in theory you score seven points off Norella. Now it's more. Um, sport game changer tribal yeah it's just you you just do stuff with agendas until you win with game changer yeah it's like your whole game plan you score a whole bunch of tempo positive agendas like consistently and then you game change the rest of the points you mm -hmm. need yeah because either they don't steal the agendas off the board and you end up scoring mega pre's which rush you towards seven points very quickly or they do steal all your hyper loops and mega pre's and then you just score some vacherons yeah yeah uh again vacheron a card that doesn't have many counters the only counter is yes yeah it's i think this is the deck when naturally you would look at hive my max and go your matchup is slightly favored here right yeah, the, yeah. The, that deck plays one imp uh it plays no search albeit it plays a bunch of draw but and it usually only plays one, maybe two Nobcuries as well, which is a pretty important yeah. part of the yeah. engine. And they're going to make you do it every turn. Yeah. And I've, yeah, I've played this matchup quite a few times now with Chris um, Ferg, because we keep just running into each other at lunchtime playing. 
I'm Spombo and hide my Max. And like, <laughs> even, yeah, if you don't draw those cards, Max has nothing, apart from maybe a D, like, get to a certain point and then slam down a conduit and hope you just steal every Vacheron out of R&D, which is a, is a game plan. If you steal all the Vacherons, they probably can't win. Um, and even if you do find those cards, it's still not like, it's not a slam dunk because they just keep putting two agendas on the board. You can only imp one of them. You don't really want to go and steal it and maybe they'll spin Doctor it before you get the chance to go steal it. And if you don't find a Vacheron at some point to imp and then steal, they're going to slowly start scoring Mega Prix off the board, force you to steal one or two agendas, then just game changer to biotic out more Mega Prix. And like, it's, I think it's max favored, but it's not a slam dunk. Yeah. Uh, and then there isn't really any other tech for this. Um, <laughs> this is that, that oft debated line that uh, there, there were natural counters in the carpool for, for this deck. Uh, maybe that was meant to be carnivore, but I, I, I don't think. Uh, I don't think even the prevalence of Spombo makes Carnival playable. Uh, so, again, this change just drives Red Cream further up the meta, I think, right? You, you yeah. can't, you can't play you Red Cream Spombo. Of... You can't play it into Built to Last either. And you don't even really want to play it into Pilata. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't feel like the place to be. As Red Cream, you can't do the thing that people always used to sort of talk about as the line against Spombo, which was like kind of a joke, but kind of not a joke, was like you just put down. Um, turning wheel and jack out on R&D until you yeah. have 30 counters. You don't get any points, you don't fuel fast break or game changer, and then you rip 15 cards of R&D and win. But now you just you do that, but you steal several Vacherons and yeah. you don't win. Because, yeah, Vacheron doesn't let you win for four turns and then they score out anyway. Yeah, that's what Vacheron does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> A deck slightly full of objective cards. Uh, again, even if you're not going to play this, this is one that we think it's going to show up a bunch, like a fair amount, right? It's not going to be, it's never going to be 50% of the field because it has a less than Snow White reputation and kind of public perception. But it's one that you would expect to see kind of one or two of it in cuts and at the top end of tournaments. Yeah, definitely. And so, even if you don't necessarily have a plan for it, you have to, you probably want to have practiced against it enough that you recognize their play patterns. Like you don't want to have them suddenly put down three things face down on turn one and be surprised when they're all agendas. Like yeah. you have to understand what that's going to be. Yeah. Steal all three agendas, feel like you're winning the game, then go, oh. oh what happened? How did I lose it? Yeah. Four turns. Well, there's some other weird stuff as well. Like a lot of them are playing news team and can get some strange blowouts with news team and false lead when forget they scored a false lead because it's just a blank three one. Yeah, th this is what I've I've counted a few times. Is you go into it thinking, okay, it's this, and then you're like, oh, I've hit a news team, and now my game has changed slightly because I need to, yeah, switch around. And there's just, there's a few different flavors. This unlike the BTR stuff, which generally just seems to be, I've not seen any difference on that. It's just if you encounter it, it's that, and then you you're aware now. Um, apart from the odd like neuro spike one, which flame run, but you can identify that pretty quickly. Whereas this, there's there's more flexibility in what people are, are packing here and there so yeah and it's worth pointing out that spombo has a ton of influence that you can spend almost how you want um a lot usually a lot of it's on Arella, but there's certainly scope for that to be flexed even in kind of very tuned and high-end decks i think it's not it's not just the janky jacks that are going to play this weird stuff it's it's quite a lot of them that can afford to yeah, because the Arella just isn't that relevant. It's kind oh. of just a tempo play, but it it feels, when you're playing against it and you fight it, it feels like it must be crucial because the house one used to work back in 2019. Yeah. But it isn't really how it works anymore. Yeah. 
so what we've given well, you there is two corp decks that we think are good and no real way to beat them. So that's, that's encouraging. <laughs> Very helpful. Well, yeah, this is kind of just how the meta feels at the moment, right? Like the, there's a load of interesting corp decks. There's a load of things you can play and do. And then run aside, there's a load of okay runners that you keep looking at them going, oh, but I lose to that, or oh, but I can't yeah. beat that. And then there's Max that maybe has the tech to beat all of these corps, especially now the really fast corps are gone. But then is difficult to play, difficult to learn, and occasionally just completely crafts bad, and you don't, you just don't draw any of your good cards, or like you go yeah. into one thing and don't find your end. And has a couple of weaknesses against like weird decks as well, right? You've got you've got weird vulnerabilities yeah. against stuff like Rig Shooter. Yeah, or oh. Polano with snares. Yep, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. As, some people kind of like it's it's genuinely true because you're empty your entire deck and then you're taking six axes and you just die to snares because you don't have any way to beat them. Yeah, yeah. It also cast a um, at that point. Yeah, occasionally you just get like a progenitor best defensed. Yeah, it completely ruins your day. It's one of those decks that can feel discouraging to learn as well because you'll have two games where you're like, this is the most powerful thing I've ever played and Conduit Closer is amazing and I've just got all the answers and then you'll get four games where you try and carefully shepherd it through snares and hard-hitting news decks where you're really poor early and it feels like everything's like an uphill struggle and you're never quite there and then Max decides she's going to turf with your laborites in the bin and it can it can feel really horrible so yeah i i would hope that there is another runner out there that you can also sort of it doesn't feel like it right because spombo and btl both demand tech they don't they don't demand a type of runner they demand very very specific answers yeah and at the moment we're saying that answer is imp it's the only yeah. thing I can think of that consistently answers both of them as well. Like even I said a lot of people talking about um like I know you kind of jokingly mentioned this the other day, John, but I have seen quite a lot of people actually mention Blackfile as maybe a serious answer for Red Crim against Bombo, but it doesn't work because the numbers are Vacheron. Like Vacheron yeah. takes four turns and Blackfile goes away in three. So Yeah. Vacheron's a horrendous card. card. Yeah. The the yeah. amount of counters on Vacheron is, is truly it's offensive. Too many yeah, far too many. Yeah. Um um, yeah, I definitely don't think Max is the only deck you can play. No, but I think is. if you're if you're looking at the court meta and you want to have a sincerely like sensible, well thought out game plan, you want to be able to sit down against every opponent and say, "I know how I'm winning this game," and it's not just luck sacking stuff. Max is maybe the only thing that you're going to have that. Anything else you're going to pick up and you're going to be sitting down and going, "Like, I really don't want to play against one most day, or if I do, I'm going to run R and D. I just hope this is a Vasher on turn one because yeah. I don't know what else to do." Yeah, yeah, tough. It's a tough meta. But I think, I mean, I, I'm appreciating that it's Corp favoured slightly. Um, they always feel a bit more engaging to play in rather than the runner runner favoured metas. Um, yeah, I, I think if you've not tried Max, you should give it a go. I had a conversation the other day with uh, Alex White, a uh, friend of all of us, who said, this is why Corp better is better than a runner meta, because when runner metas are good, it just makes shaper decks that do absolutely nothing and take every Corp <laughs> out of the game good. Whereas when Corps are ahead, you lose to EOI Argus. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's much more exciting that way. It is. It's very true. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you want as many tournaments where people are happy to play to the end, especially given that we're, we're stuck in lockdown um, and, and having fun. So... Yeah, if if you're getting these these games where you're like, oh wow, they've pulled another win out of the bag, or or they're they're playing wacky stuff, and, and your runner is 
is eking its way through occasionally, then yeah, that's good. But um, it's probably the better way. Around. You still probably wouldn't ever want. I think it's like the win percentages for the sides are slightly too far out. It's something yes. like sixty forty on Jaina. It's probably slightly more extreme than that in tournaments. Yeah, you'd I, want I to think... swing at like five percent at least. But it's it's the fun way round. Yeah, I, mean... I think the nature of the two court decks that we've said are the best are also a little feel bad as well, right? Especially yeah. BTL. Yeah. yeah. And we don't think that's going to change, right? I, I, it sounds kind of counterintuitive because the the win rate was sixty forty. You've nerfed the widely perceived two best decks on the corp side. I don't really see that win rate coming down very much, though. No, I don't think it changes. I don't think it really changes. I think it's, I think it's the correct thing to do as a first step. Yeah. To resolve this matter, but what it's going to do is push other corps that can still exploit some very, very powerful things that runners currently can't answer because they've lost their tech cards. Like, kind of, for both of these, actually, you're sort of regretting the loss of Film Critic quite badly. I was, I was going to say, like, film, film Critic is the answer help. that you really would want in this yeah. matter. Because yeah. Whistleblower is like a replacement for Film Critic that still gets you punitive, which is hilarious. Like, that's, that's yeah. not helpful. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so you're like regretting some loss. You get just new corps that exploit those losses, or you get corps that are like, Maybe worse than PD, but are still playing um, Sandbox plus Offworld Office, which is just an absurd agenda sweep speed. Yeah. Just rise to the top, and then you have new problems that you have to solve before you can maybe balance the sides out slightly more. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there are still corp decks out there that are still very good that we don't really know about that kind of exploit, if nothing else, that agenda sweep, which, as you say, is, is really, really a ridiculous agenda sweep. Um, I don't feel like there's a lot we don't know about on the runner side still. Um, I mean, other than possibly tweaked reg anarch decks, um, Krim can adjust its tech cards a little bit. We've seen that Shaper, I think, is a mix of APOC and, and reg decks, but nothing particularly revolutionary. Um, I, I think you're always going to struggle to cover all the corp decks with the, the runners that are available in the meta. I don't really expect to see anything coming out of the woodwork that really changes that. No. I mean, it's worth noting that in the announcement, it did sound as though Nisei are working on more with bans or, or we should say bans, but the uh, changes to changes, Meta potentially yeah. in the near future. Yeah, that could could change this dynamic again. So it may well be that we get to mid of June, July, maybe, and we're talking about another set of changes and a shift in this. So not theoretically staring down a barrel of gun of let's all look at btl and spombo for the next three months <laughs> four months no, until cards not. come out yeah <laughs> or something so yeah which is good but let's hope mascon goes yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Mascom, i know this is, it's it's your current uh, thing at the moment to be opposed to but I, I agree. It's such an objectionable thing to play. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not even like the most powerful or the most annoying thing to play against, but like those games where you think you're doing really well and you've denied them down and then they draw like mask on, mask on, off the top of our engines. Everything I did was meaningless. Yeah. I think recently I've, I found it quite nice to de-stress with the odd Reg Crim game. Oddly, I don't know why. It's just because you don't have to engage quite so hard with it as Max. And yeah, when you feel like you're, you're up, I'm up, I'm winning. And then you're... <laughs> They, they must <laughs> double mask on for 36 and you're like okay well, it's game over thanks very and much and then shuffle them back in yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty gross okay so next door championship is two weeks away I think I think 
most of us are planning to play nice. if we're not in the middle of a house move. Um, yes. What What's yeah. the early uh, the early indications of what what we're most likely to be playing? Either playing or working on for it. Yeah, I guess if there's anything sort of new. I mean, run aside, it feels like we're all leaning towards Max. Yeah. Both because it answers all of these questions without having to do something like wild and complicated because NWA have done all the complicated work for us. Thanks, um, guys. Yeah, very much appreciated. <laughs> so it feels like it just it has the answers to all the questions, and then you just have to work out if like the other weaknesses are too yeah. exploitable. And there's there's tweaks you can make to Max, I think, as well. Uh, you could put a pot in there. Is it in the NWE list? There's room to fiddle with the breakers, which they've already started doing. Um, I do not think it is mm. at all crazy to look at putting more copies of Imp in the deck. Um, so that there are tweaks you can make to kind of to kind of fit that list to what you expect the meta to be. Um, but it does feel like that is the most valuable place to be looking as runner. Yeah, it's also just a lot of fun to play. It's definitely a um, mental workout, but it's one of those decks. That kind of it's much like Geist before. I guess it's just something to do with how um, NWE put lists together. But like, it's one of those decks you get to the end of the day, or you get to the end of a game, and it you feel sort of good if you manage to navigate your way through a complicated situation. It's like I don't know what the best way to go, to solve this problem is, but you sort of yeah. resolve a complicated server or a difficult run like feels fun. Yeah, interesting. It's like yeah. a it's like a classic yeah. toolbox decks, but all the tools are made by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have no idea what you're going to draw. Your ideas throws off them in the bin. Yeah, yeah, it's a good way to describe it, isn't it? Yeah, there. Even when in the games that you lose, you feel like you're rewarded in some way because you'll find some redeeming feature from that game where you've like, oh, I tackled that well, or more importantly, I could look at that for forty-five minutes later on and talk to you all about it and go, did yeah. I do this right? What yeah. I someone, so, someone who is spectating your game on JMAC messages you on Slack and says you did that wrong. <laughs> you should have done that. <laughs> which is uh, which is good yeah so if i was playing i would i would take this definitely yeah but um, with some time put in like a bunch of practice time yeah. we said yeah, we I said thought... before that max kind of pushes any form of glacier out the meta as well so i think that take we spoke last time about polana being on the list of playable corps i think we will agree that is now completely off the list right yeah yeah um, I, probably I think There'll still be some people that play it, but I think it's you wouldn't concern yourself with it. If I was sitting down with Max now and saying, "Okay, I've got two weeks until uh, until the next store champ," it would be spreadsheet time and what are the four or five most likely matchups, and then what's the most difficult, and put those to the top, and then grind yeah. those games out over and over and over again until you know them back to front and. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be putting Polana on that list and going, "I need to know this." I think I would definitely not consider that as is one matchup i needed to to rehearse and 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 check with with this deck yeah agreed cool and then corpse side yeah this is going to be an awkward conversation isn't it it's, yeah, yeah it's sort of more complicated even though the side is ahead just because you have more options and you have more things to aim for i mean let's start with the one that we haven't mentioned yet you were talking about ctm right Chris? yeah i always talk about ctm uh so the reason is i, I think mean, that's that's true I think Max is. I think the natural inclination is that Max will be the most played runner in any kind of serious tournament by a fair distance after this change. Uh, yeah. We said before Max has some vulnerabilities, and I think one of them is that your early game is pretty shaky, 
which means that you're not great at contesting early AR scores. You're not great at contesting like just a sand sand set on the board on turn two. Uh, and you're mm. pretty vulnerable to harding and use if you do try that. Um, that and I imagine that money's so high. Yeah. Because you want to put a lot of slow rolling econ cards and you want to host things on other things, which is always a recipe for disaster. Yeah, getting a projected bounce is probably pretty upsetting. Um, so that makes CTM a pretty appealing deck just if you want to beat Max. Now, I don't think there's any way CTM yeah. is going to be better than BTL or uh, Spombo, but it won't offend me quite as much. No. Then it, I wouldn't be. I don't. I'm struggling to really visualize what that matchup would look like because all the things that you say are true. Yeah. But Max is also a deck, possibly more than any other deck right now, that can probably just go tag me. Yeah. Because if they are confident, you don't have any tag punishment in hand. The only resource they have that matters is Cookbook. And if they just go tag me, get a conduit down, and conduit you and imp all of your psychos, how are you? How are you winning? Agreed. Like, I don't really see how you finish the game. Apart from, I suppose, again, Armaniing their um, conduit or playing a bunch of CVSs. Yeah, it's difficult, right? Uh, so I think your natural answer is Amani and EOI. Um, but CTM has, has for a long time, has been quite difficult to build because you have to put so much stuff in that that does stuff. You have to put so many uh, kind of ice assets, that things, that what you're tending to skimp on is tag punishment. And the way to be a deck that goes tag me is to play more tag punishment. And that is a very kind of yeah. difficult push-pull to resolve. Same back with the old APOC analog decks that yep. just go tag me and try and stargate all your tag punishment. You just have to have more of it. Yeah. Um, I, d I don't... I, I think it's going to... I think it's... A, this is true of all max matchups, right? Max, if you told me that Max is up... I think you said this earlier. If you told me that Max is up or down against any particular deck, I would believe it without really having an understanding of necessarily why. Um, because yeah, the, the interactions are very complicated. It's definitely seems true. Like if someone just came and said, I've played that matchup 10 times and CTM is way up, like, yeah, sure. <laughs> that seems plausible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that harkens back to to what we're saying, right? We, you need to rehearse all of these matchups. You need to check them all before you go because it's very hard to judge on paper. It not just because, yeah, we don't exactly know what CTM looks like either. Yes. Um, I mean, that's yeah. the thing as well. Yeah, like I, I could believe that CTM would be a relatively sensible place to go be into a max plus APOC shaper meta, but I don't know if I, like, if we sat down today and said we're going to work on decks for yeah. a store champion two weeks, I don't know that I would feel confident that we would have a CTM deck I liked by the end of it. Yeah. It, it feels to me like the two decks we know about are BTL and Spombo, the two decks that might mm -hmm. be playable. And, and that's a very big might, are an MBN deck and a retooled PD deck. Um, and it feels like it's kind of those four are what you want to consider, but you probably can't focus on more than two of them in, in this time frame. No. I think you're then going to go, you're going to pick one of those that you already know and doesn't need any changing, and it's, then it's between BTL and Spombo, and it's whether you can find Ooh. BTL engaging up to play for for five rounds plus a potential cut as well right um i don't i from my point of view i, I find it awful to play i don't find it very fun at all um i would much rather play spombo than, than, than btl i know i know i mean i if if i had to make a snap decision if someone was like there's a score jump tomorrow and you're playing it i think i would of these decks be playing spombo because i have 
I feel most comfortable with it, and I think it's good. And I think you can probably get enough things in there that you are more up on max. Like you can put magnets in it easily, which is a bad card. But like if you could just deny them an access early, so you can score a superconducting hub or something, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, you can probably put CVS in it. You can put like stupid stuff in it to beat max. Um, but I don't know if it's seriously where I would want to be in two weeks of like genuine effort to find a good corp. Or find the best corp, sorry, not good corp, because they're all good corps, that's the problem. <laughs> the correct corp. Yeah, if Spombo's the answer, we need a better question. <laughs> oh, yeah, sad times. Um, I, I would hope there was something in yellow, but yeah, that, that build process looks difficult. Um, did, I always feel like MBN at the moment as well is their agenda suite looks too fair yeah. <laughs> which it's is mad really to say. none of the yeah. agendas in CCN make you like 12 credits this yeah. is so lame all the yeah. best, all the best agendas crazy. are neutral now <laughs> they're neutral but they're also all 40s so they yeah. suck with Sansa yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's that's the key point I think for why we haven't seen any MBN at tournaments because you can't do anything with any of these agenda suites that are really shaping the early early meta yeah, you've got a load of difficult pieces of Lego to plug together and it doesn't really look very clear where they all fits. Yeah. I've seen a bit of Reality Plus that kind of looks okay, but it's quite um, mixed. Like sometimes the next thing to really pop off and sometimes the runner manages to not take any tags for the first 12 turns and then it just doesn't, doesn't quite fit together. But I think that might also be a place to look if you're trying to figure out how to make a yellow deck work. Although for the max matchup, if you're trying to fire off a money set on tag punishment, it's probably not as not as sensible as CTM. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if any of those lists emerged as okay, and that, that's Reality Plus already H or, or CTM. Um, I just think they're really difficult to build. So you've come to an interesting point where we're confident the Corp is better than Runner because I mean, all the all the evidence says that it is, and yep. we know there are various corps, but also we're pretty confident we know what runners play, and we have no idea which corps to play. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, which I guess is... that's, it makes sense, like runner is pretty bad, but one of them, one runner is pretty good, whereas corp, you have a lot of decks that are sort of good, but maybe bad against that runner. That's, it's an unusual type of method. Yeah, and I think that's going to be reflected in the the fields you see for the next month or so, I think you're going to see a bunch of Apoc Shaper, Red Crib, Max, and then you're going to see all sorts of corpse because there's a lot of room to do whatever the hell you want. And you're going to have to be playing against a whole bunch of like weird edge case stuff. Like people, people will make rig shooter decks, I think, and you have to play against rig shooter decks. People will make Neurospike decks. Yes, I think there's going to be a lot of arc lockdown about. Um, I'm already seeing yeah. quite a bit of that on Jaina. Yeah, I don't think it's actually that incredible against Max unless they're really unlucky, um, because often you you hit two of the laborites and then it turns out it doesn't matter because they can get the conduit going anyway, or you hit a breaker and then it turns out they didn't need the breaker. But it has the potential to be quite da- like quite damaging. Yeah, like if you're playing Spombo and you lock down the imp or something, suddenly they're pretty screwed. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing, right? When Corp is this far ahead, Corp does have room to tech for this stuff, and Max is a fairly techable runner. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a difficult one to to answer because you you want to you want to check all these matchups out, but then the Corp map is so wide and so relatively good. Um, and yeah, I I ran into to rig shooter at, at Stevenage, and it was horrible. Yeah, and that was on Red Crim. 
so um max can feel fragile at times you do really have to shepherd it through some of these games so yeah i can imagine blowouts for that would feel really bad for yourself um but i still think it's yeah i i think you just have to bite the bullet and go for it now spend two weeks drilling those games and then just come what may on a little bit i think so uh the 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 way that we are wrong is if btl and spombo don't make up a sizable percentage of the field at which point maybe the fact that max is such the like the obviously techable runner means it's not the correct deck to take but if btl and spombo are anywhere near well represented then unless somebody's hiding a runner that that covers both those decks well that isn't max then i don't feel, feel like you've got much of a choice yeah i think we would have I think you would have caught wind of something by now if there was some runner that w- that was breaking the mold in that way. Um, yeah, and uh, I think if there is, then it's probably quite max adjacent. It's something like Hashiko with Imps, which has the same issues as Max anyway. Right, I see. But you're just saying I've got a slightly more reliable mid game, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you're playing. Yeah. maybe you're playing Hashiko Friday Jet Imp, for example, and you're not vulnerable to out of lockdown. Um, but your your core game yeah. plan is the same, but, but kind of you're worse at it, right? So you're you're not vulnerable to the tech, but you're still you're still beating it in the same way. But given that okay. given that runners we think are still down, that kind of sacrifice is very hard to make. Yeah, I, maybe there's some space for that because we're expecting the court mates to slow down a little. But oh yeah, I'd be interested to see if that's the case, or at least what that deck looks like and plays like. Yeah, um, I know. Uh, is it Lost Geek? He's just Project Crow. Yeah, and he does like the three or four stages of of deck up to. I think one of one of the decks up that ran up to leading you to play Hive My Max was a Hashiko deck, but I can't remember exactly how many of the final pieces it had in it. I'll have to have a look. Um, but that might be worth checking out for a bit of inspiration at least. Yep, it's an option. Simultaneous Dragon Lady. There you go. Oh, it's on. <laughs> it's on. It's on Buzzsaw, Cleaver, Odor. Nice. Is that how you say it? Um, oh, Botulus. It's got the triple Botulus, but it doesn't is have... This, is this drink. a start-up deck? No. So it's Project Crow gives you... It's for beginners, right, isn't it? Oh, they yeah. take you all the way through from Gateway. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, why are you playing those breakers? Start-up. Yeah. But yeah right, I think okay. It's, it's an expanding yeah. meta thing. Okay, got you. But it's some Devil Charm chisel. It's right, which I guess is just a different way to approach the... I mean, I know that's for um, yeah. Project Crow, but it's a different way to approach the BCL matchup where you have the imp stuff, but also you try and blow up a load of their eyes. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I think a deck like that is the most likely deck to emerge that, that we don't already know about. Um, but like I say, I think I think it's just not as good as the Max deck. No. Wow. It's been not the highest point to end on. <laughs> <laughs> Many more questions. Yeah. Many fewer answers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, I love it. That was the whole aim of the project is to be open and transparent, which <laughs> we are. We just transparently don't know the answers. Yeah. I, it, it, it would not, I, I think the most likely thing that happens over the next two weeks is practice Max, decide Max is fine, tweak it a bit and play it. We've kind of yeah. fiddle around with corpse a bit don't find anything and play btl or spombo which is a pretty dark day for an april evening but that's the way of the world <laughs> i'm glad i'm moving house and I'm not playing now. 
Oh, brilliant. Right. Well, should we wrap it up there, I think, then? I don't think we're going to get any more depressing now. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah. If, it, so if we do we, find um, a list, we we'll, come up with anything. Yeah, we'll share it. But uh, don't cross your yeah, fingers. If we if we don't publish anything in the next two weeks, it's because we haven't made any progress. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mike's just played two hundred uh, games. Of <laughs> <laughs> I could just share my game log of all my games of Spombo. That would be a fun ask. We'll get that. We'll get that data dump on the website. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Amazing. So, yep. If we don't, if you don't hear from us before, we shall see you on the eighth of May, or some of us will see you on the eighth of May for for the next online store champ. Uh, it's Netscape Navigators. One, go check it out and always be running. Um, yeah, and if not, see you soon. <laughs>